You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, where I go to fulfill my fantasy. Football desires with expert opinions, advice, and analysis that you can't find anywhere else. Let's get right to it for our week seven goats. We've uh, had a lot more people stand out than we have uh, last week. It just uh, wasn't your normal suspects. Um, there's a lot of surprises this week. To uh, start it off, though, Aaron Rodgers, 429 yards, five touchdowns against Oakland. Now, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't normally be a surprise to be a goat of the week as he's a pretty distinguished quarterback. But I think the thing that, uh, you know, you might be forgetting is it's 2019 and Aaron Rodgers has been woefully underperforming uh, fantasy football-wise. You know, the, the Packers have been winning, so you can't fault the guy too much. But uh, stat-wise, you know, he hasn't been thrown for the touchdowns and uh, his yards have been minimal. Not this week, 429 yards, five touchdowns. And uh, I can, the thing that boggles my mind about it is he had Devontae Adams hurt. You know, Geronimo Allison didn't do anything. Uh, Valdez Scantling, you know, he he got a lot of yards, but only had two catches. So where did all those passes go to, you know? And uh, that's where... uh, that's what makes Aaron Rodgers' week so uh, so much better was the fact that uh, he didn't uh, use a lot of his uh, his receivers for those targets. Um, you know, Kumaro got a touchdown, but uh, you know the, the guys like uh, Lazard, who we were really high on last week, uh, you figure if he, they, he threw for four hundred twenty nine yards, that uh, all those guys you'd, you'd be talking about a lot more, but wasn't the case. But but Aaron Rodgers had a great week. Matthew Stafford, 364 yards with four touchdowns. Those four touchdowns were all to one player, uh, Marvin Jones, which we'll get to. But, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford, uh, surprisingly, is against the Vikings, too. And, you know, the Vikings have let up some yards through the air, but uh, for anyone to say that they saw Matthew Stafford having a big week this week uh, isn't telling the truth. And for... Matthew Stafford to have this type of week was pretty impressive. Kirk Cousins, 337 yards and four touchdowns against the Lions. So that was kind of a, a shootout, and uh, it was a higher-scoring game than what what I think most people envisioned. And Kirk Cousins, man, coming out of nowhere, you know, his, his receivers bash him, telling him he's not getting him the ball enough. And sure enough, Two weeks in a row now, Kirk Cousins getting some yards and getting touchdowns. And uh, that was even with Adam Thielen getting hurt a little bit at the, uh, you know, early on in the game and, and, and missing the rest of the game. You know, he caught that touchdown and, and that was it. So at running back, you know, it begins and kind of ends with Chase Edmonds, 126 yards, three touchdowns against the Giants. Now, now, the fact that he did this against the Giants isn't the surprise. The surprise is is he was supposed to be a complimentary uh, role to David Johnson this week. And, it, you know, David Johnson was 
the one that was supposed to be getting these uh, yards and touchdowns. Even the the Cardinals' Twitter was trolling people, saying, "Oh, you should have started uh, started Chase Edmonds," and you know, uh, Cliff Kingsbury saying that uh, David Johnson was just there for an emergency, although he had the very first carry of the game for about two yards, and then uh, you didn't see him anymore. So, uh, for those of you that started Chase Edmonds uh, on a prayer, great play because you definitely got rewarded, and uh, you know. I, I was thinking a lot of those yards would be the garbage time yards at the end of the the game when uh, the Cardinals had the, the game in hand, um, which is crazy to say because the Cardinals never have the game in hand. Um, Dalvin Cook, 142 yards, two touchdowns against the Lions. Now, everyone knew Dalvin Cook was going to have a great game. Uh, Lions aren't great at stopping the running back. Davin Cook is great at producing even when he's playing a defense that's great at stopping the running back, and he didn't disappoint. And, and you know, to be honest, there's not much to talk about there because that that was one of those things where that's what you expected and that's what happened. Latavius Murray, 119 yards and two touchdowns. Now, you knew when Alvin Kamara was going to be out that Murray was going to get the bulk of the carries, but it was against the Bears, so you couldn't have felt good about that. And so with that matchup, I don't see a lot of teams that would have played him. Um, but, man, he had a great game against the Bears. You know, 119 yards is nothing to sneeze at uh, rushing. And so he looked solid. And, you know, this week coming up, uh, I think he's a great play if, uh, again, Alvin Kamara is not ready to play. So that's something that we'll have to monitor this week and uh, we'll – you know, we'll we'll be definitely something that we'll have to we'll have to be check uh, we'll have to check out. At receiver, you know, we talked about Marvin Jones. It we still are talking about Marvin Jones. <laughs> Ten catches, ninety four yards, four touchdowns, four touchdowns. Um, Marvin Jones is known to have some big games, but uh, this is uh, this is huge, and uh, you know Marvin Jones. He had a couple games where he was decent, but uh, never uh, dominant like he was, uh, you know, uh, this week against uh, the Vikings. And and something you wouldn't have seen, to be honest, because uh, Vikings have some good cornerbacks. So, uh, at least with, you know, Rhodes. So, uh, tip my cap to Marvin Jones. Uh, great week. And anyone that had Marvin Jones and Chase Edmonds on the – and started both of them, man, I would like to see that because uh, making two bold starts like that and it, and then paying off, it, you know, you, just, you, you, won't, you won't see that very often. Um, Zach Paschal for the Colts, six receptions, 106 yards for two touchdowns. Um, I'd like to say he came out of nowhere, and he kind of did with the two-touchdown performance and the 100 yards. But he's been proven to be the more reliable number two receiver over there in Indianapolis, and he's slowly working his way in. So it was surprising that he had such a great week, but not surprising that he's involved in the offense. Uh, against you know he was against Houston, which Houston's defense has been a little disappointing this year and giving up a, a lot of passing yards. And uh, yeah, Zach Pascal definitely. Uh, uh, took advantage of the, of that Houston secondary, and uh, 
you know, help Brissett's game. Um, speaking of Brissett, you know, 326 yards for four touchdowns. Um, that's nothing to sneeze at either. And, uh, you know, and, and that, that's due to, you know, he had one to Ebron, two to Pas uh, Pascal. And uh, so J Jacoby Brissett, you know, had himself a game this week as well. Um, Alex Erickson from the Bengals, eight catches, 137 yards. Now, he didn't score, but his involvement uh, is kind of telling in a, on a couple fronts. One is the Bengals are starting to use him in the offense. You know, he's a great return man. Um, but, you know, with John Ross being on IR, A.J. Green being hurt, not ready to play, Tyler Boyd's been really kind of shut down these last couple of weeks, so um, they really needed more from that uh, those other receivers. And Auden Tate's been getting a lot of targets, um, and he has some games where he has a lot of catches, but he's you know he's only getting like thirty to seventy yards, and you know so he hasn't been a, a big production uh, receiver fantasy football wise, but. Uh, you know, you see uh, Erickson and the day he had, um, I think that's just the, the tip of the iceberg in regards to what uh, he might do, at least until A.J. Green gets back, because I think when A.J. Green gets back, that's a different story. It's going to be uh, Boyd, Green, and uh, Auden Tate. Um, so at least for a couple of weeks, I think Erickson might be a decent play. Going, uh, Moving along to the tight end, Darren Waller. Seven catches, 126 yards, two touchdowns. And that's right, two touchdowns. Darren Waller always gets the yards. He gets the targets. He gets the receptions. He hasn't gotten the touchdowns until this week. So everyone that owns Darren Waller is really happy to see the touchdowns starting to uh, come his way um, because that was kind of the maddening thing with uh, Darren Waller was the fact that uh, – he wasn't getting those touchdowns, and, and fantasy football is such a touchdown-driven uh, endeavor that, uh, you know, uh, it's frustrating when you have a good player not get those those touchdowns like you need them to. Um, Eric Ebron, uh, four catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown against Houston. We you know we talked about that with uh, Pascal and uh, Jacoby Brissett. Um, yeah, he, he had a great game. We just went through the goats. Now let's go through the gimps of week seven. Those are the ones that uh, we had high expectations for and for whatever reason just didn't pan out. Now, I don't like to use injury as a gimp, um, though it, it's fitting, you know, us calling them gimps. Um, but, you know, like Patrick Mahomes, um, Adam Thielen, like people that, uh, even though he caught a touchdown, so he wouldn't qualify anyway, but just, you know, people that get hurt, uh, in the first quarter or even in the game that ruins production. Uh, I like to, I like to point out the ones that actually had a full game and still didn't produce. So, uh, you know, number, number one on that is, uh, Kyler Murray at quarterback um, for the Cardinals, 124 yards, 
got sacked twice against the Giants. That's pretty much it. You know, Chase Edmonds got those three rush, uh, rushing touchdowns and uh, probably took away some of the passing touchdowns Murray could have gotten. But, you know, against the Giants, you expected bigger things from him. And to only get 124 yards, you know, just really isn't cutting it. Um, he, he, I know a lot of people were expecting a much bigger game from him. So, you, you know, you, you probably lost and are, are pretty disappointed in, in the fact that uh, Murray, coming off a couple of really, really good weeks, uh, plays a, a Giants team and uh, just lays an egg like that. Um, Matt Ryan... Especially after the last week Matt Ryan had. Um, he goes into week seven against the Rams. And, and not that the Rams are a horrible defense where you thought Ryan would do what he did against uh, you know, the, the, the Cardinals uh, previously. But uh, 159 yards, one interception, got sacked five times, uh, had one fumble. I mean, yeah, no touchdowns. The Falcons game was uh, not what you'd want. And, and Matt Ryan got hurt, actually, in that game as well. But uh, I'm still throwing him in there because, I mean, to get sacked five times, uh, we, we know the Falcons' offen- or offensive line is pretty putrid. But, uh, man, he, he, he really uh, – Matt Ryan wasn't able to really do much. And uh, – Rams played a, a pretty good game defensively. Uh, Daniel Jones on the other side of the uh, Cardinals Giants game, he had a touchdown, but he had 223 yards. And and the big thing was he had two fumbles, one interception, eight sacks. I mean, those things just add up. Um, you know, Cardinals D is starting to play better and better, um, but you know you see Daniel Jones against the Cardinals defense. You're looking. You're thinking it's going to be a shootout. Um, it's going to give Daniel Jones a lot of opportunity, and it just didn't pan out. And uh, we're going to have another player from uh, the Giants uh, uh, coming up here soon as our one of our uh, our gimps as well. So, uh, running back David Montgomery, two carries, six yards. He got a total of point nine points on the game against the Saints. Saints actually have a pretty good run defense, so it's not a given that uh, you know your running back's going to go off against the Saints. But you really should have more than two carries and and six yards. And I don't attribute that to David Montgomery per se. I just think that Matt Nagy has just done a horrible job of running the ball. He's treating Mit, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, uh, Mitch, uh, as a pocket quarterback and, and you know he's he's getting him to throw the ball like he's Peyton Manning or something and that's not his strengths I think to help Trubisky out they really need to establish a, a strong running game and he just refuses to do it I mean we're already what this is going to be the eighth week of the season and he and Matt Nagy still hasn't figured that out yet you know the quote uh when a reporter asked him uh the importance of running the ball and uh you know Matt Nagy goes I'm not an idiot well you know I realize we need to establish the run well you kind of are Matt because you you can't uh you aren't running the ball so if you see the importance in it and you're not doing it then that probably makes you more of an idiot um I, I 
can't figure out the Bears' offense. It looks horrible. They're the worst offense in the league, and uh, he's not helping Trubisky out. And he actually has some good running backs that uh, he's not even using. And I just think overall the offense is a mess. Um, off my soapbox on the on the Bears' offense. <laughs> anyway, David Johnson. Uh, we we talked about that with Chase Edmonds getting the three touchdowns. But uh, he only got the first carry for two yards, and that was it. And, you know, if you're David Johnson out of fantasy football, you're, you're livid because you had no indication that that was going to be, be the case going into the game. And um, that's the way it worked out. So, you know, I, I feel your pain on that one. It's not something that, uh, you know, you're going to be uh, too thrilled about. And then have the, uh, again, the Cardinals Twitter uh, kind of... Uh, trolling you on that, saying, uh, you know, you should have started Edmonds. Uh, it got a lot of people furious. Mark Ingram is my next one for the Ravens. 12 carries, 46 yards against the Seahawks. Seahawks is another one where, you, don't, you know, you don't expect a ton of rushing yards against the Seahawks, but Ingram, for as much as the Ravens do try to establish the run, and as well as he's doing this year you expected more than 46 yards and so that was a big letdown on his end um so he comes in as our number three uh, gimp running back um wide receiver larry fitzgerald he had one catch for 12 yards now he's going against the giants you figure you know christian kirk wasn't even playing in this game so you're like man volume's going to larry fitzgerald Sign me up. I'm starting him in every league I can. And then to get one catch for 12 yards just is uh, pretty devastating. So, all you Larry Fitzgerald owners, I feel you. Because I was really high on Fitzgerald this week as well uh, against the Giants. Next one, Kenny Galladay. One catch, 21 yards against the Vikings. Man, Galladay. Like, people build him up as well. I have, I know a lot of people trying to start him this week. And I think he's a talent, but it's so inconsistent that it scares me. And, and you know, the Vikings, again, pretty good uh, defense. So I'm surprised how well some of the Lions players did. But, you know, all those targets went to uh, Marvin Jones with his four touchdowns because Galladay didn't get any of them, uh, you know, with that one catch. Um, Will Fuller. Now, this one, I know I said injury, and I know usually don't count it, but Will Fuller coming off, you know, what, a four-touchdown game himself, three-touchdown game, whatever, um, to only get one catch for six yards against the Colts was pretty devastating for fantasy owners. You know, you're, you're expecting a little bit of production, and he didn't seem like a, a bad play. Uh, Colts' defense is better than advertised, and then, you know, him to get hurt and get that one catch, it, 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 wasn't, uh, it wasn't ideal for uh, your winning cause this week, that's for sure. Uh, moving along the tight end, Zach Ertz, two catches, 38 yards against the Cowboys. Cowboys aren't great at stopping the tight end, so you really wanted a lot of Zach Ertz, thinking that you would get some, some volume there. It really went to Dallas Goddard, um, and 
you have to be disappointed if you're an Ertz owner right now. Um, I had him in one of my leagues, and, and I traded him. And I didn't feel good about it, to be honest. I, I really liked Ertz. And, you know, these last two weeks, I'm, I'm, I'm actually feeling a lot better about it because he hasn't been up to snuff, and, and Dallas Goddard has been uh, working his way more into the offense. Um, moving along, Evan Ingram. This is the biggest disappointment of the week, I would say, more than anything, because last week I mentioned whatever tight end starting against the Cardinals, you know, I, I started him in FanDuel saying he was going to be the stud of the week at tight end, no question about it. He's playing the Cardinals, and then he turns around and gets one catch for six yards. One catch for six yards. And then his backup, Rhett Ellison, gets like a 22-yard touchdown, just rubbing the salt in the wounds of Ingram owners everywhere. I don't even know what to say about it. It was disappointing. I, 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 I don't know about the Giants' offense. Uh, Daniel Jones, I don't... Uh, I was expecting big things from him, Evan Ingram, and it just didn't pan out. George Kittle... San Francisco against the Washington Red Redskins. Three catches, 38 yards. Man, that was a slop fest. There was a lot of players. You know, Tevin Coleman was actually considered for one of the games at running back. But it's just so hard to do with how bad the field was. Uh, they couldn't move the ball anywhere. And even when they got into range a little bit, they couldn't kick the field goals. It was just, it just wasn't a good environment for quality football. And, uh, yeah, Kittle's only getting 38 yards on those three catches. Definitely was more disappointing, uh, especially against the Washington defense where you're like, you know, he's ripe to just explode this week, and, and it didn't happen. So I, I'm thinking you know, Tevin Coleman, again, expected big things from him. Uh, Matt Breida, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, it just, yeah, it was done all the way around with that game. Yay! And here's our pickups for week eight. This necess necessarily isn't for just this week. Some of them are multi-weeks. But uh, and here's the thing. I try not to bring them up again. If I mentioned them in the previous week, I already told you to pick them up. So I, I try not to uh, repeat myself. But I definitely do when uh, the person is widely available and I said to pick him up and, and circumstances change where you should even pick him up more than you, you should have the previous week, uh, I'm definitely going to point that out. Um, I don't like to leave anyone hanging on a potential great pickup that can uh, put them over the, uh, the hump to uh, championship glory. So we'll start off at QB. Uh, I'll number it from five on down. Number five pickup of the week, Sam Darnold. He would actually be higher, but I already mentioned him. And here's the thing is people are sitting there like, how can you even mention Sam Darnold? He played the Patriots and got four interceptions, didn't do anything. He saw ghosts. He saw ghosts and he admitted he saw ghosts, which, by the way, I think that's a travesty for NFL films to uh, air that uh, – 
you know, it's kind of a vulnerable moment for uh, Sam Darnold. Uh, but who hasn't played like that or felt that way against the Patriots this year? And that's kind of my rebuttal to that. Um, Sam Darnold played the Patriots, and there's nothing you can do. The Patriots are on a run like I've never seen on defense, which is crazy to think about a Patriots defense being this good. But uh, the Jets' schedule really opens up, and it gets a lot easier. I think they have like one of the top three easy schedules from here on out. And I'm actually pick, picked them up in one of my leagues because I, uh, I had Patrick Mahomes, which is, you know, he, he's looking like he's starting to throw the ball, but he's going to be out for a couple weeks, uh, if not more. Hopefully it's just a couple. But I think Sam Darnold is a good fill-in for that, and I really think the Jets' offense is going to start thriving with the weapons that they have. I, I think the biggest takeaway that was disappointing in the Patriots game was not that they got pummeled, because you kind of expected it, but it was the lack of them not dumping it off to Le'Veon Bell. I, I really felt like Le'Veon Bell should have been a bigger part of the, the game plan as like the safety valve, and uh, nope, Sam Donald just kept going back there getting sacked and <laughs> chucking up uh, prayers for the uh, the Patriots to uh, to intercept. So number four is Mason Rudolph for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's the thing is he necessarily hasn't been playing outstanding. He's been, he's been solid, but, you know, and he got knocked out of the last game, you know, got knocked out cold by Earl Thomas and, uh, you know, Duck Hodges had to come in and uh, take over the, the Chargers game well, the, the Ravens game, and then win the Chargers game the next week. But they just got off their bye. Mason Rudolph is good to go. And he's actually starting to build a rapport. And his passer rating, you look at it for a, a, a first-year quarterback, uh, not a rookie, this is a second year, but first-year playing. And he's, he's doing pretty well. And he's starting to build a rapport with uh, Dante Johnson. Um, I think he's going to attempt, I mean, he says he's trying to get Juju Smith-Schuster more involved in the offense. We'll see if that happens. But he's doing a great job of, well, the Steelers are anyway, of, of checking down to that the running backs and, and getting a lot of easy completions. Um, I just look, look at Rudolph and his schedule. The, the schedule's getting easier down the road as well. And I can see some big passing performances from him because he's looking better and better every game. And, and to be honest, I thought the Ravens game, he looked fantastic and was in line for a big game until he got knocked out of it. So he definitely should be on people's radar. Number three, Matt Moore for Kansas City. And I bring him up because, you know, I did already talk about uh, Patrick Mahomes and his uh, dislocated kneecap. He might be out a week, he might be out two weeks, he might be out, who knows. But uh, Matt Moore has always been a solid backup quarterback who's been able to come in and, and produce. And with that Kansas City offense, I just think he has a lot of weapons where um, he, he he can be productive and, and get you enough points to win in a week. Now, he's not going to be Patrick Mahomes, nobody is, but... Uh, he can still be a solid play for you if you're hurting for quarterbacks or if you have another quarterback and your quarterback's on a bye, he can be a, a great pickup for you to, as a one-week fill-in. My number two quarterback is Ryan Tannehill, and it pains me to say that 
you know, watching him on the Dolphins just be horrid. But that glimpse that he had last week uh, in their victory, he was distributing it to his receivers, which you, you didn't see Marcus Mariota ever do. And so that makes uh, it really promising for not just Tannehill, but for his receivers as well, and like A.J. Brown and uh, Corey Davis, which we'll get to. But, uh, you know, the the Tennessee Titans look like a formidable team now with a great defense and actually having a quarterback that can make some plays. And um, he's definitely worth a pickup uh, if if you have a buyer or you're, you're hurting at quarterback. Um, because I, I can see, again, the, the, the Tennessee Titans starting to, to do something on offense with, with some of the talent that they have around them. Um, and it was a great move uh, by Rabel to make that quarterback change because that was really what was kind of lagging the team down and, and making them mediocre. So good move on their part. Uh, but it goes to my number one quarterback, and that's Jacoby Brissett. He's available in way too many leagues, and he's playing outstanding. And it wasn't just his four-touchdown game last week against uh, the Texans. He, uh, he's been pretty solid all the way around. And, and you know, he's T.Y. Hilton's been a reliable receiver. He, he's great at hitting tight ends. I mean, he's always been good at getting uh, targets to the tight ends. And uh, so... I, I just, you know, he, he can move a little bit. I'm a big Jacoby Brissett fan and think, he, uh, especially, again, if you have a bye week or you have some injuries that, uh, yeah, Matt Ryan and not sure when he's going to come back. Jacoby Brissett is a guy you really need to target, and, and he needs to be your number one quarterback pickup. So let's move along to running backs. My number five is J.D. McKissick for the Lions. Now that Kieran Johnson is on injured reserve. I know that Ty Johnson's going to be the guy, but uh, I really think that they don't make it a uh, one-pony show in the backfield in regards to just running Ty Johnson and throwing to him. I think J.D. McKissick's going to kind of have that uh, uh, theoretic role where the, they try to... Uh, use him uh, in the passing game. You know, he used to be a wide receiver, and uh, I just see the the Lions using him in, in that capacity a little bit now that, uh, now that uh, Johnson went down. Number four, Mark Walton for the Dolphins. Now I know it's the Dolphins, and it's a running back for the Dolphins, and Dolphins are always behind and have to throw the ball, and... Their running backs haven't been productive anyways. Uh, but Walton actually looked pretty impressive. And he's, you know, for playing for the Dolphins, looks like he could be the guy that uh, should be getting the carries from here on out. Kenyon Drake is going to be cr- traded. I just I think it's a foregone conclusion that he does. There's a week left, but I, it's going to happen. I, I just know it. And to already have Mark Walton on your roster, I think, is a good move. The, the downfall is they're still using Bellage as the goal line back, and so it takes away some of Walton's touchdowns. But uh, Walton definitely looks like the best back. He can actually he's, – he's, he's providing some production. 
that you weren't getting from the Miami backfield before. So that's why he's my number four, though, because, again, he's getting his touchdowns vultured by Balage, and, and it's the Dolphins. So it's really hard to to predict the flow of game on how often they'll be able to use uh, their running game. Number three is Latavius Murray. He had, you know, again, he had a great week against the Bears last week, and uh, if Alvin Kamara's out, Latavius Murray showed he can pick up the load and, and be a, a solid play, so he definitely needs to be on a radar. You can just stash him if you want. Um, Alvin Kamara, you, you, this injury is seem, seems to be lingering, and you really want to at least have handcuff yourself to... Uh, and if you're an Alvin Kamara owner, you definitely should be going after Latavius Murray because you'll uh, you'll be able to have that running back position locked down for the Saints because it's a valuable uh, position to own in regards to you can just plug that position in with who's ever playing that week and, and still get some production from it. My number two is Benny Snell from the Steelers. And this is more off of just James Conner's history. You know, Benny Snell didn't play that the end of the Chargers game because he was being complimentary to James Conner. It was because James Conner's hurt, and, and James Conner gets hurt a lot, and James Conner doesn't always finish games, and it, it happens a lot more than what you would like, and, and Benny Snell showed that he can carry the load if he needed to. Um, he looked pretty solid. He looks more of like a, a power runner than even James Conner, and he could be a good play for the uh, the Steelers or for your you know your fantasy football team, uh, even if James Conner is playing. Because again, I, I, James Conner, I think they're going to use him when they need him, but uh, they're going to be they're going to use him gently, uh, just because of his injury history. So they're going to try to get Benny Snell the, the ball a little, a little bit more. And uh, my, my nickname for him is when Snell freezes over. So you guys can use that for your fantasy teams or, or just when you're referring to Benny Snell. But uh, that's my nickname for him. Number one is Ty Johnson, of course, for the Lions. I love Ty Johnson. Actually, you know, this is – it's going to come back to bite me, but – I think Ty Johnson's going to be better than Karen Johnson. I just like what he can do. He, he's a big. He could be a big play running back, and you know his matchup this week against the Giants. You saw what Chase Edmonds did. I'm a big fan of his play this week, and I think every team should own him and start him right away. Um, and he's going to have a big week. So, uh, mark it down. I'm writing it chiseling it in stone we can talk about it next week on uh my prediction on this but uh it's not just this week either i think you know the the rest of the season he has some weeks where he's going to have some good plays and um where you you need to start him and of course there's some great defenses that he's going to have to face in that uh, nfc north but he's definitely worth a a play and start in, in most of these weeks Moving on to receiver, uh, number five, I have A.J. Brown, and we kind of talked about that. Tannehill is making the receiver position come alive, and, and I would have Corey Davis on there as a pickup, but most, you know, most people should already have him. They've at least rostered him because he's Corey Davis and he gets targets.
But A.J. Brown is, you know, he had that one big week where he had two touchdowns, but he really hasn't done much. And that's been because of really bad quarterback play. So I, I think now that uh, Tannehill is there and, you know, A.J. had like eight targets and I think six or seven catches last week, you know, um, he, he definitely needs to be on your radar for uh, for the rest of the year or as long as Tannehill's the quarterback. Number or four, sorry, is Dante Johnson for the Steelers. Again, I think he's building a rapport with Mason Rudolph. And I, John, Dante Johnson is going to be your deep play threat. And on top of that, they're going to be taking away Juju Smith-Schuster. They have been all year. And Dante Johnson has been the best one to take advantage of that. So even with Washington coming back, you know, I really think Washington, Johnson, and uh, Smith-Schuster are going to be that trio receivers that they that get the targets but uh Dante Johnson has the most big play upside and uh is definitely worth having a roster spot for um Zach Pascal, we talked about that it, it wasn't just the big game he's actually getting more involved in the offense and he's uh been producing a little bit better than Chester Rogers and uh you know Paris Campbell's been hurt a ton so uh he hasn't been uh, you haven't seen as much as him as you would like. So he's definitely worth a, a pickup, and you can definitely get some production out of him. He might be a good flex receiver to, to play. Alex Erickson, um, he's next. Bengals, I kind of have them both as like a, a number three because they're like the same player to me in regards to their value to their team. Alex Erickson's uh, top three receiver on the Bengals right now. They're starting to incorporate him more into their offense. And it is the Bengals, so you feel kind of filthy about that, where you're like, you know, the Bengals aren't a good team, which they're not. But uh, they're going to be behind a lot and need to throw. And uh, with the inconsistencies everywhere else, I think uh, Alex Erickson will start seeing more targets. Number two. Deshaun Hamilton from the Broncos. Uh, again, I'm sticking my neck out for him. Now that Emmanuel Sanders got traded to the Niners, which, by the way, I think hurts the other 49ers receivers' value. Definitely helps Sanders' value. Um, but Deshaun Hamilton is going to move into that other receiver spot. And there's volume there. There's, there's targets to be had. And Deshaun Hamilton's not a bad receiver. He's pretty decent. It's just in the Broncos' offense, it's it's such a bad offense that they didn't use a lot of three wide or throw to a, their third receiver very much. Now that there's only going to be him and uh, Cortland Sutton, um, I definitely look at Deshaun Hamilton having a lot more production for the Broncos and for your fantasy football team. So he, he's definitely worth a keeping and at least stashing. Uh, I would say, you know, three of these receivers, uh, Pascal, Erickson, and Hamilton, they're worth stashing. Um, Johnson, he'll fall, in, you know, into that as well. And, and just seeing what you got because these are receivers that can really pan out and uh, you want them on your team before they break out and you need to spend uh, higher than uh, than what you can now for them. My number one, of course, is Kenny Stills. That injury to Will Fuller. That moves Kenny Stills right 
into that spot. Um, I know they have Kiki Koti um, in the slot, but uh, this is perfect for Kenny Stills because Kenny Stills is that deep threat. Mark Watson can hit him all day long. Mark Watson. Deshaun Watson can hit him all day long. And uh, he definitely is He's the number one play until Will Fuller gets back. And with Will Fuller's injury history, who knows if he ever will come back this, well, at least this year. Um, I don't know the last time he's finished a whole year at receiver. You know, Will Fuller's productive when he's playing, but he just can't finish. So I really think Kenny Stills is a magnificent play and will not only have a great week this week against the Raiders, but uh, in all the following weeks as well. Uh, That's again such a great matchup and he's such a a big play receiver that I think he'll get he'll definitely get uh, the uh, fantasy owner a lot of points moving along to tight end I don't have five so you have to live with four because there's only four worth picking up right now uh, or stashing Dallas Goddard we talked about Ertz not doing as well and getting less targets and that's because Goddard is getting more targets and actually vulturing the touchdowns Goddard has more touchdowns than Ertz does the last couple weeks, and uh, you're starting to see the Eagles take advantage of their two tight ends, uh, and, and Dallas is starting to do more of what he did last year, um, this year. So my number three is Janu Smith from uh, the Titans. He has an amazing matchup against the Buccaneers this week. Delaney Walker had a knee injury and now he has an ankle injury. Um, he didn't finish the game last week, so he was another disappointing one where uh, due to injury, you didn't get a lot of production out of him. And Janu Smith actually got three catches, and he's involved in the offense. He actually played pretty well last year when Delaney Walker was out for the year. So I, I definitely think Janu Smith is worth an add and you know, if if Walker's out for any period of time, you're going to be really happy with the production that Smith gets you for the Titans. So uh, go out and get him uh, this week because uh, if he has a, a big week against the Buccaneers, it might be too late. Number two, Ricky Seals-Jones. I mentioned him before. I know I mentioned him before. But he's not playing the, the – uh, he's going to be playing the Patriots. Then after that, he's kind of home free in regards to his matchups. He has a lot of good matchups, and so I definitely feel like you need to be focusing on Ricky Seals-Jones after this week, but it'd be good to stash him for this week um, and so no one picks him up after the fact, and you'll have him available for the good matchups that are ahead. Number one is someone else I mentioned, but uh, no one's – has picked him up still is Chris Herndon from the Jets. He can be a number one tight end. He hasn't been playing. He's been hurt. Then he, you know, the the Patriots game happened. Um, He needs to be owned now because now the matchups are supreme matchups and he will be productive. Uh, He'll definitely be a top 12 tight end. So go and get him now because this will be the last chance you'll be able to get him for free, basically. So... Chris Herndon, focus on him, know his name, get him as soon as you can.
Here's all our breaking news from the uh, past week that is noteworthy for your fantasy football team. The first one is Delaney Walker we talked about. Hurt his knee and ankle. Not sure how long he's going to be out. I expect him to be out this week. Could be longer. That opens the door for Janu Smith. So, you know, it's a tough break for Delaney. You know, he was hurt last year for most of the year. Um, you know, I think age is starting to catch up with him. And it's not just age, it's just injury is starting to catch up with him. He's been uh, pretty banged up uh, for a while now. And it just it, it's one of those things that I think is just lingering. Ido Smith is another one. Hurt his neck and head had to be carted off. That opens the door for Brian Hill a little bit. Um, but I don't think it does as much as just makes sure that uh, Devonta Freeman is going to be the main back there. I think he takes over any of the targets or carries that Ida would have gotten. So, but uh, Brian Hill needs to be on your radar as the backup to uh, for to Freeman right now. Matt Ryan hurt his ankle. Matt Schaub is going to be taking over. And notice I didn't mention Matt Schaub on pickups, and that's just because Matt Schaub looked great, uh, you know, when he replaced Vic at quarterback for the Falcons. Now that he's back, he's kind of been through the ringer. Hasn't looked good in his last couple stops, and you're not sure what you're getting from him. So, um, But it's definitely good to keep tabs on Matt Ryan to see when he might be coming back from his ankle. And it's almost like they're selling the farm out there. You know, they traded, um, which is our next uh, bit of news, is Sanu was traded to the Patriots. So Mohamed Sanu is no longer on the Falcons. He is going with Tom Brady to go win some Super Bowls. Uh, especially with the way the Patriots are playing. Uh, imagine that happening, going from a, a one in uh, six team to going to uh, an undefeated Patriots squad. You have to be thrilled with that. And, and I think this is, could be one of the uh, situations where the, you know, the Patriots give up a second-round draft pick. So I can see them trying to re-sign Mohamed Sanu because uh, he is in his contract year. Uh, Mahomes dislocated his knee against the Broncos on Thursday night. It's why you have to hate Thursday night football. And uh, I know it cost me a victory in fantasy football. Uh, I just needed Mahomes to play three more drives. But more importantly, um, it just just really sucks to see a, a really great player get hurt and not be available anymore because it's why the... Why everyone goes to watch football in the first place is to see great players doing great things. And uh, uh, the good news is Mahomes is already throwing. So if he's going to miss time, it won't be much. And and I'm sure he'll miss this week. But uh, who's to say that, uh, you know, the week after, you know, uh, week nine, week ten, he's not back into the fold. So um, this could be a short-lived injury. Thank God, because it looked a lot more serious when it happened on uh, Thursday. Karen Johnson, or sorry, carry on Johnson on IR with his knee. Bad news. Uh, opens the door for Ty Johnson. I, I really liked carry on. I, I thought that the Lions could have been using him more than they did. Um, but 
it doesn't matter now because he's his season is done. They can think about that next year. And uh, I, I'm really excited about Ty Johnson. I, I think Ty Johnson will show uh, people what he can do. And he's a, he's a quick back, so uh, I expect some big plays from him. Um, and then the last bit of news is Emmanuel Sanders was traded to the 49ers. He wanted out. The Broncos wanted him out. Uh, you know, the the Broncos are trying to rebuild. Emmanuel Sanders is a veteran who's trying to win. So it was a good trade. He went to a 40, 49ers team that's uh, undefeated. And, again, that opens the door for Deshaun Hamilton. And I think uh, the 49ers got a great receiver where they can uh, actually now have a, a player that they can they can throw to at the receiver position. You know, Goodwin was just a burner. Uh, Debo Samuel's a rookie who was hurt. And I think the biggest disappointment over in San Francisco has to be Dante Pettis. He hasn't done anything, and he was kind of a sleeper for a lot of people early on before, you know, before the season. People were like, yeah, you need Dante Pettis. And, you know, I to be honest, I wasn't a big fan of his. I didn't see it, but... Uh, you know, he, he had a great matchup last week, had his chance to prove everyone wrong and that, you know, he's, he's part of the offense again and just didn't do anything. So um, Sanders is going to really thrive for the 49ers and do some great things. And uh, on that note, I appreciate everyone joining me this week for the, uh, the pickups and uh, the goats and the gimps. And we will uh, be back in a couple days because we're going to do the start and sits of the week. And I'll give you my FanDuel lineup. I uh, hope you didn't listen to me last week because, again, I this will be my second week. I didn't come into the money in FanDuel, which was uh, pretty disappointing. But we can talk about that in, on the next podcast. So thank you for joining me. This is the Miz, the Wiz, Montalban podcast. And we will be talking to you soon. Take care.